You are Locked On Hawks, your daily Atlanta Hawks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends, and welcome to episode 439 of the Locked On Hawks podcast. I am your host, Brad Rowland, coming to you live on this fine Thursday evening into Friday morning. And uh, basically, the season has arrived as a Thursday afternoon was marked by some uh, preseason availability from both head coach Lloyd Pierce and uh, general manager Travis Schlenk. I was on the scene over there at Emory Healthcare on Thursday afternoon to talk to those guys. And the majority of this podcast will be sort of a recap of what transpired there. Nothing you know crazy in terms of uh, news breaking and all that stuff, but there were some interesting quotes that I want to pass along to you, some audio that I thought you guys might be interested in. Uh, before we get to that, though, there is a little bit of news that actually came after the availability ability was over and it came from Chris Fivelmore of the AJC who broke some uh, news in terms of uh, two updates in terms of the injury front. Uh, Dwayne Dedman and Justin Anderson, have uh, neither of those guys have been cleared for Hawks training camp to begin. That, of course, starts on Tuesday. Media day is on Monday, um, which means uh, there's sort of like an intensive session of three days, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, that was the that is sort of the official training camp uh, before the preseason actually arrives. But uh, first, I guess Anderson's probably the biggest uh, note here from Vivamore. Um, Anderson, if you might, you may not know this in terms of the fact that the Hawks did not acquire him until after this happened, but Anderson had surgery on June 29th, and uh, at that point in time, the Sixers, which is the team that he was previously on, uh, announced that he, quote, underwent, underwent successful surgery on his left leg to address recurring tibial stress syndrome. End quote. And uh, at the time, uh, the injury was said to be reevaluated by a doctor after two weeks. And uh, after that, it was supposed to be another six to eight weeks, and then they would evaluate him then. We are clearly past that eight week timetable, but at the same time, um, Villamore reports that uh, he will be reevaluated re- in two weeks from now. So uh, it looks like Justin Anderson is going to be missing at least some of the preseason action, if not the uh, regular season as well. That's something to keep an eye on. Obviously, he's not someone who is written in pen to the rotation, but Anderson is someone who I thought might start the season in rotation, and this will certainly put him behind the eight ball a little bit. Um, he is uh, the one player that's actually played under Lloyd Pierce on the roster because he was in Philadelphia with Lloyd Pierce previously. So the learning curve may not be super steep for Justin Anderson. At the same time, he's a guy who I'm not sure is is assured playing time um, when it comes to the season, especially if he's not on the floor in the preseason. So that's something to follow around and that keep an eye on, obviously, because we are past that initial eight-week timetable that was uh, laid out there by the Sixers before the trade. Um, other than that, Dwayne Dedman, uh, you, you may remember from a couple of weeks ago, the Hawks announced early in September that uh, Dedman suffered an, avul- an avulsion fracture in his left ankle back at the end of August. And actually, on September 13th, the team updated that and said that um, the Veterans Center was going to have his walking boot removed and that his uh, rehab was going well. But at the same time, he was scheduled at that point in time to be reevaluated in two weeks, which was somewhere around next week, honestly, somewhere around sort of the end of September. So no huge surprise there. And uh, Vivamore's report notes that Devin will be, will be reevaluated in a week. So it looks like that's going to be probably next week. He may not miss all that much time. But, you know, with that said, he's the incumbent starting center and someone who the Hawks are going to be relying on a little bit early in the season, I would imagine. So that's something to keep an eye on, although not quite as uh, terrifying in terms of that injury as it is with Anderson and his, him getting a late start. But uh, something just to keep in mind there and something that we did not necessarily know going into Thursday. So uh, shouts to the AJC on that reporting. And uh, that is that in terms of the actual news uh, that came out after the uh, press conference was um, over on Thursday afternoon. Um, You know, other than that, there's plenty to get to in terms of some audio here. 
I do want to remind everyone to subscribe to the podcast. If you've not done that already, I really appreciate it. If you would, go ahead and go ahead and do that. If you like, if you like the podcast, subscribe. Uh, leave five-star feedback if you like the show. Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Play, uh, Spotify, all those places that, that you like to listen to podcasts. We should be there. If we are not there, please let me know that at BT Rolling on Twitter or let the show know that at Locked on Hawks on Twitter. And we will fix that as soon as possible. We are hosted by the Megaphone platform, so that allows us to uh, kind of post things almost everywhere, honestly. If you, if you like to listen to podcasts and we are not somewhere, I'll be pretty surprised. But if we are, if we need to be moving somewhere else in terms of our podcast location, please let us know that. And, of course, every single uh, episode is also listed on PeachtreeHoops.com with a, a handy little viewing guide, you know, listening guide. I suppose this is an audio program um, to uh, every single episode, so check that out as well. All right, we can move on to the uh, sort of the audio portion of the podcast, where I'm, pl- I'm going to play some uh, some stuff from the actual press the actual press conference that was available on Thursday afternoon. Um, I will say there's a lot of philosophical talk from both Travis Schlenk and Lloyd Pierce. They were talking together on the podium, so some uh, some I guess hypothetical answers, that kind of stuff. Nothing that is uh, hugely out of the ordinary from those guys. I will say. I thought there was an interesting uh, uh, question early on in the, in the uh, press availability, actually from Bob Rathman, um, who is uh, in front of the program, of course, uh, talking about um, basically the, the move league-wide to all this sort of pace and space and smaller lineups and all that fun stuff. And he asked um, Lloyd Pierce how he was going to he planned to combat that defensively. And uh, Pierce talked extensively about the ability to switch at least one through four on the floor defensively to counteract three-point shooting and spacing from the opposition. Uh, that kind of that kind of led into a discussion about John Collins. Actually, is that something that I wanted to play a little bit of audio for for you here? On, in terms of that, actually, Chris Rivermore of the AJC asked if the four and the five spots in Pierce's system were interchangeable. You may remember that uh, under Mike Budenholzer, that was often the case where he would refer to the four and five spots as almost the same position. So Viv asked about that, and then basically in Pierce system and how he sees John Collins particularly fitting into that. So I want to play that audio for you right now. Yeah, that's a good question. Um, you know, that's part of the excitement for next week is you want to be able to look at your roster and you want to evaluate um, different styles, different matchups. We're going to play teams that will have KD at the five and Dirk at the five, and um, you know Dirk's at a stage now where he's just behind the three point line and. He's still very lethal, and we have to be able to guard guys like that, uh, regardless of what position they are. We've, we've got to be able to balance and create advantages for ourselves. So guys like John, Amari, um, the ability to play the five and create different advantages for us where he can not only roll, but he can space the floor. Um, at some point, I think it'll come into play. It's definitely coming into play in this gym, but to, to put it onto the court from a matchup perspective, we'll, we'll find out soon. I don't, not, not naturally, I mean, the biggest thing with any player is you keep him in their natural position. And he's been a four his entire career. And because the game's changing doesn't mean he just has to drastically jump and be a five. Um, I, I think there's advantages both ways. We've got shooting fives. Dwayne Dedman shot 35% from three last year. So it doesn't knock a guy. You know, you just, you have shooting fives in the league. So obviously, in the heat of the press conference, I was uh, I sent out a tweet about this and talked about how Pierce noted that he thinks John Collins is a more natural power forward. Something that's not a huge surprise to me, to be honest. I do think that I, you know I'm on record as saying that I think Collins should play more five. Um, with that said, I am less firm in that camp than I used to be, um, especially after seeing him in summer league. I do think that if Collins is able to take, take the perimeter leap forward that he showed that he's capable of, at least uh, in theory, in summer league, then him playing more four does make some more sense to me. And of course, the Hawks clearly. Are 
were already prioritizing that. We talked about that with Jeff Siegel on a previous podcast when they went out and signed Alex Len to a two year to a two year deal in addition to having Dwayne Dedman. It was very very clear that they saw John Collins as their starting power forward, which makes sense. Uh, he is the player best suited for that role on the entire roster. This is a roster that does not have a ton of power forward depth in terms of just natural guys playing that, playing that position. So to hear Lloyd Pierce say that, not a huge surprise by any means. I do think. That um, you know, it's a weapon somewhere along the way where the Hawks should be using him at center at some point. I do think that it does at least seem as if by that answer that Lloyd Pierce does think that those are two different positions, whether it be power forward and center, um, at least more than Bootenholzer. He did not you know especially say that as you could hear there on the audio. It wasn't a direct answer about that actual positional question. With that said, I do think that Bud was very clear that it was interchangeable in his offense, whereas Pierce seemed to be by the answer, at least in my opinion and my um, interpretation, saying they were a little bit different, uh, especially when, when talking about how he wants to switch one through four uh, that kind of leads yourself to believe that you know four and five are going to be different John Collins is certainly a great athlete he can play on the perimeter a little bit more than your I guess traditional old school power forward I do think though there'll be there should be times in this uh, in this season and moving forward where he should be playing center at some point along the way just because I do think that um you know that's a strength of his moving forward is his ability to play both spots and potentially make an impact at center in the future so keep an eye on that and you know the way that uh, the way the team has uh not a ton of depth behind him you know he mentions a bar Spellman along the way here, uh, Lloyd Pierce did. There isn't really another guy at power forward. You're looking at the rest of those guys that are options there. Are, are you really your small forwards, whether it be Torian Prince or Vince Carter or um, um, Justin Anderson in the future? There really isn't that other natural guy other than, other than Spellman who, might, who would have a lot of the same issues, except Spellman will, will, will actually be a worse defender than Collins by a pretty significant margin right away. So something to keep an eye on there, but I thought that was pretty interesting audio from Lloyd Pierce. Uh, moving on from there, they were both asked, both uh, Travis Slank and Lloyd Pierce were asked about the true centers on the roster, whether that be uh, particularly out. Uh, Alex Lynn, Dwayne Dedman, Travis Slate made sure to note the rim protection a- aspect. Um, the audio that I got actually kind of kind of came away on that, so my apologies. I wanted to play that for you, but uh, what he said about that was basically that rim protection is really important in terms of what those guys are going to bring to the team because it was right after the answer about you know space and all that and all that stuff functionality and Schlake made sure to note that rim protection and especially screen setting were very important to him and that's that's the reason why you want to have those true fives on the floor uh, he definitely mentioned upside when it comes to Alex Lynn you could tell that was a reason that they signed uh, him to a multi-year contract something I noted as well is that he's still pretty young he's 25 years old and a top five pick for a reason I think that's sort of out the window at this point Lynn's not going to be an you know an upper tier player. He does have the kind of talent you would want to see for a team that's uh, still trying to build, and he's young enough to where he can grow a little bit with this Hawks roster. I do think, you know, again, screen setting is important, especially when we're talking about Trey Young. He's going to need people that can set good, firm screens to get him open both on and off the ball. Same with Kevin Herter early in his career, off the ball especially. So having that kind of guy on the floor, you know, John Collins is a solid screen scatter. I think I think he can get better at that, needs to get better at that, honestly. But um, Len especially is sort of a monster in terms of his physical stature. Uh, Debman is also a big guy as well, but, you know, Len's the biggest guy on the team now and definitely has that presence about him on that end of the floor. So keep that in mind, uh, screen setting, all that fun stuff. I do want to play some audio for you, though, from from. Lloyd Pierce about the focus around the rim versus the uh, focus on the perimeter. Assistant coach Melvin Hunt, uh, we were, we're doing our coaches meetings now in anticipation of training camp and he gave a great quote the other day and he said, uh, like the three, love the rim. And, you know, when you have a big guy like Alex Landon, you can play pick and roll with Jeremy and Trey in, in, in the mid pick and roll with Alex. We're still trying to get to the rim. And what that does is it just prevents, it presents additional problems. We want to score high efficient baskets at the rim. We've got a 7 2 center. We got Dwayne Dedman. We got John Collins who rolled to the basket and scored in the paint 72% of his shots last year. Um, we still love the rim and the paint, but it's also an opportunity to create.
create, paint to great kickouts and opportunities once the defense collapses. So it's a combination. As Travis said, you know, 7-2 is 7-2. And, you know, big guys like that are great rim protectors. And as much as we love the rim, we also have to protect the rim. From there, we can kind of transition into some other stuff that uh, was said and some other topics that were addressed. And uh, one of the topics that was asked kind of more than one time in different ways was about the rebuild and the timeline and everything that you might expect those guys to be asked about in the middle of a uh, preseason press conference. Uh, both Schlenk and Pierce rejected the notion that the rebuild would only would actually be painful this year. I think uh, they focused on growth and development sort of as to be expected there. Some people that were watching the uh, press conference live on Facebook um, were tweeting at me and messaging me about the, the sort of uh, – not necessarily being angry, but kind of bothered that they uh, that both of those guys said that they weren't going to be um, uh, in pain. I guess this this season. I don't think it's necessarily. Um a bad thing for them to say that. I do think that you know it's all kind of relative, frankly. That neither one of these guys is going to be enjoying the losses as they be, as they will almost inevitably build up this season. I think we noticed that last year. You know, you know, with talking and kind of knowing Travis like a little bit. Nobody wants to lose. I understand that the Hawks need to lose some games uh, theoretically in terms of their rebuild, but in the moment when it's happening, no one's going to be enjoying that. Lloyd Pierce did reference that he lost. That he actually went ten and seventy two once in Philadelphia when he was there. Uh, he actually made sure to note that quote competition humbles you end quote and uh, talked about that. Sort of, I think he, this is a guy who's been there before and isn't going to. You know, I guess I mean, every everybody lives and dies on every win and loss in the NBA. But at the same time, I think he understands the big picture a lot. He even talked a lot about like you know getting guys in, in shape to be professionals, talking about diet, talking about sleep habits, things, things, like, things like that, and sort of avoiding bad habits altogether. Uh, to, definitely taking a big picture, you know, player development focused um, view of things, which is kind of what we knew was going to be happening all the way through. And that was something that that, that those guys definitely uh, emphasized throughout the press conference in various uh, answers and uh, to specific two specific questions. Uh, moving on from there, uh, you know, Vince Carter was an interesting piece of the uh, press conference and the fact that sort of unprompted. Uh, Pierce brought him up early on in his first comments and talked about um, he sort of, when Vince arrived in town, uh, one of the first things that he said to Lloyd Pierce was he basically came up to him and said, uh, you know, what can I do and who can he talk to? And as a result of that, uh, Pierce later noted that he was actually asked specifically about um, which guys that he uh, sent Vince to. And I wanted to play that audio for you right now. With regards to Vince and the question, you know, the first person I pointed to was DeAndre. And really because DeAndre's been here for three years now, and he's only played 64 games, whereas Vince has played 1,405 games. So, you know, there's a lot of conversations that both of those guys can have in terms of the game experience and what it means to be a pro and what it means to extend your career and what it takes. Uh, Vince obviously on one end and DeAndre is still starting out. You know, he's had some some misfortune with some injuries, uh, but we're excited to have him. Vince was excited just watching him um, about his athletic ability and, and just seeing him in the gym. I was candidly happy to hear this, honestly, because of the fact that I've always been a big Beverly supporter. He's been someone who I thought might be on the periphery, honestly. He wasn't drafted by this uh, by this regime and he has no tie to Lloyd Pierce. So to hear him sort of unprompted bring up that name um, was good. I mean, I think that was somebody that I, uh, I'm i encouraged that he would send sort of Vince to sort of mentor DeAndre. He had the off the off, the off court incident last year. He's had all the, uh, all the injury stuff, all the durability stuff. When he's been on the floor, there's been some positive signs, but even the shooting, the lack thereof, um, you know, some, somebody to keep an eye on to be sure I've always liked his talent at the same time uh, hearing that um, made me uh, did, did assuage some doubt that he'll be around at least I think I think that uh, DeAndre um, is someone who I would certainly be keeping around to take a look at but the Hawks have that option decision on him later in the preseason so that's something to keep an eye on as well the second guy that um that um, Pierce noted that Carter uh, was going to talk to was actually Kevin Herter and uh, here's what we had to say about that 
And then the other guy um, was Kevin Herter. He's a young guy coming into the league and, you know, just making sure he's, he's you know, kind of the forgotten guy. Everyone talks about Trey, uh, but Kevin is, is a guy we're, we're excited about. Amari the same. But just from a similar position, you know, playing on the wing, um, attacking the rim, shooting threes, just educating him on some nuances of the game uh, just to help with his preparation because they can spend time working, working out together. I will say I was at least a little bit surprised, maybe mildly surprised that uh, Pierce did not send Vince to Trey Young. Um, with that said, I think those guys will have plenty of time to spend some spend some time together. Uh, Vince is probably the only guy on this roster that uh, Trey could identify with in terms of just the spotlight. Uh, so I think that's that's someone who uh, Trey should be uh, trying to seek out as a resource. You know, Vince was a very very famous player, still is, probably going to be going to the Hall of Fame um, at the height of his popularity. Was sort of this like cultural figure, cultural icon kind of guy. I think Trey could probably uh, relate to that, and of course, just see the professionalism that takes to stick around the league for two decades all that fun stuff so you know having Vince around is certainly valuable on that from that standpoint something I've always said and will continue to say about having Carter around Um, with that said I did ask the question, uh, I asked this this particular question about Vince Carter, sort of the will he or won't he in terms of whether he'll play or not. We discussed that on a couple of podcasts recently with Jeff Siegel and others talking about, you know, sort of the the role for Carter and how uncertain I thought thought it actually was. And I asked the question basically on essentially whether whether the plan is to play Carter and how much of that, how much of the discussion was had about his playing time before he even signed. You'll hear that Pierce had a little bit of fun with me at the top of that. uh, So you can enjoy that response. But uh, here's that audio from Lloyd Pierce. Are you Vince's agent? I am not. <laughs> that was the first question he asked. <laughs> Vince is a competitor. Um, he knows in terms of his basketball career, the end is, is sooner than later. Um, so he, he wants an opportunity to finish his career as a player. And he's had discussions, obviously, with TV and coaching and things that I think he can speak on that. But uh, he wants to play. He's a competitor. He wants to be here not only to help our guys, but he wants to get on the court. You know, in part of your question with regards to Thomas Robinson, Alex Lynn, guys that have been humbled in the league, you know, our focus when we discuss Thomas and Alex and Vince, um, training camp next week should be very competitive. And at the end of the day, you have to reward competitors and their competitive spirit and the work that they've put in um, as we go through camp. For me to come here and say, this guy's going to play, this guy's not going to play, this that doesn't present well when you're trying to establish a culture in an organization of how you want to be and who you want to be. So he wants to play. He's a competitor. He's finishing his career at some point. Um, but he's also here and he understands to help our young guys and help with our young guys. So I'm not at all surprised to hear uh, that kind of answer with Carter and really with anything. We're going to talk about Jeremy Lin and Trey Young here in a second as sort of our final topic of the day. But um, the fact that Pierce wasn't going to sort of reveal his plans on guys is not not overly surprising. Uh, competition was a theme word of the day, which he'll use here in a second when I play the audio for you about Jeremy Lin and Trey Young. But um, just, you know, even Carter... Uh, at, at no point is a head coach probably going to say before season starts that he's going to defer to the young guys. Um, even if he plans sort of in his mind or in Travis Slank's mind is to play younger guys instead of Vince Carter or otherwise, um, he's probably going to always lean towards competition, especially, especially early in the year to play the best player available. So no big surprise there, but I thought that was a pretty insightful answer on the discussions before Carter even signed and what they are now, including uh, potentially his TV stuff and all that fun stuff. So uh, last topic, as I mentioned a second ago, 
Christopher Moore of the AJC asked sort of the inevitable question about uh, Jeremy Lin and Trey Young and the starting point guard job. Uh, I think you know you could hear in the audio, honestly, that uh, Chris knew he wasn't going to get an answer to that question, but everybody had a good laugh about that. And uh, here is what he had. Here's what Lloyd Pierce had to say about the starting point guard job and sort of the question that everyone's been asking for the last couple of months. <laughs> um, competition. Yeah, that's the beauty we got. We got a we got an older guy. I wouldn't call him old because Vince is old. Um, we've got an older guy in Jeremy Lin, and we got a recently turned 20-year-old in Trey Young as of yesterday. Um, and I've talked to both of them, specifically to Jeremy, and I said, you know, your job is to be a part of the team and help grow, you know, not only yourself. Here's a guy coming off of two years of um, 35 games. And, you know, I coached Jeremy in, in Golden State the year I was there with Travis. So I have history with him and a relationship with him. So he's been here over a month um, and he's just getting himself situated with the city and recovering from an injury from last year. And he looks great. You know, he's progressing at the pace he's supposed to. Um, We'll find out a whole lot when we start on Tuesday of where he is and um, how much he can keep progressing as we get, again, training camp is until we get to October 17th. And we'll know a lot in the next month of uh, where he is and where that competition is and where it's going to go. So again, you know, no surprise there, nothing to be given away, but, you know, I thought it was encouraging today that Pierce and Schwenk both sort of unprompted talked about how uh, Lynn's health was going very well. They said he looked great. He's been in Atlanta for a while. Uh, nothing, you know, firmly official on, uh, you know, on, on a guy like Jeremy Lynn being, you know, quote unquote cleared um, for practice and all that fun stuff, but I think we would probably know at this point if he wasn't cleared. That's some, there is some, there's some assumption in there, and of course, you know, him them saying that he looked great and that he's pro- that he's progressing does not mean that he's available to play now, but with only two point guards on the roster, I think they probably were keeping a close eye on that. Something to uh, keep in mind, though, is that Lynn is coming back from a very, very serious day injury. So something to keep in mind and just kind of monitor throughout um, October, especially. Uh, as a veteran, they'll probably take it, take it easy on Jeremy Lynn early on in the process. But, uh, you know, I, I'm on record. I think that uh, they're going to start Trey Young from, from day one. But it would not blow me away if they didn't. And I, I'm, I'm, again, anything but surprised that uh, they hesitated to sort of name a starting point guard today. That was never going to happen, frankly. And we kind of all knew it, even when the question was asked. So just something to uh, keep in mind there. Um, so that's going to do it for today's podcast. There's plenty of audio here. I know there's a lot to, that I've thrown at you over a 20-minute period. So I, I appreciate the um, uh, sort of patience and all, all that fun stuff and sort of the ability to jump in and jump out of that audio. Not something I'm going to do regularly. We will have a lot of audio, I would imagine, from Monday because Monday is, of course, media day with all the players. I'll be in attendance for that. So probably probably no new show on Monday morning unless something crazy happens over the weekend. But um, on Monday evening into Tuesday, we'll talk about everything that happened at media day. So usually an event that's probably a little bit over overblown for what I, for the people that actually want to cover, you know, just, just the basketball part. There's a lot of uh, non-basketball questions, a lot of sort of circus atmosphere there at that particular event. But there's usually some interesting stuff as well. And the first time people can talk to Jeremy Lynn, for instance, as he's not been in town uh, and available to the media just uh, so far in his uh, Hawks career. So that, that'll be somebody to circle. Vince Carter, um, Trey Young, of course. John Collins, Torian Prince, all, all, the, all, the, all the faces, all the names that you would expect. So we'll have uh, some audio from those guys uh, coming up on Tuesday. And uh, after that, I promise I won't be, won't be doing too many shows that are just audio-driven like that. But I thought it was at least interesting, and I thought I'd add some commentary as well as just kind of being on the scene there and pass that stuff along to you on this fine Friday. So please uh, appreciate uh, everybody that's uh, already listened to the podcast over and over again. If, you, if you're a new listener, thank you for joining us for the first time or the second time or whatever you like to uh, call it. And uh, please subscribe to the podcast. Podcast, do all that fun stuff. We'll see you guys next week.